Hello and welcome to the Wet Bandits Podcast. I am Wheezy. Yo, this is Slammy B. That's right. Something important to do right off the get-go because (laughs) otherwise I'll forget to do it entirely. We are two-fifths of the Wet Bandits, the greatest 90s cover band in the world. This is a podcast focusing on discographies from 90s bands. We like to look at the entire discography to see how the band we're covering evolves or devolves over the course of their career. Uh, We like to revisit the things we loved. We like to breathe new life, hopefully, into the things we didn't love the first time around. And hopefully, we find some hidden gems that maybe we didn't notice the first time through. And we also want you, our listener, our faithful listener, or maybe our newest listener, in which case, congratulations, you found the podcast that or the episode that opens the least ambiguously we're really telling you what we are right from the get-go um yeah (laughs) also eat shit (laughs) that's a that's a thing you'll hear from time to time if you haven't subscribed already granted you're only a couple seconds in but if you haven't hit that subscribe button you can eat shit my friend (laughs) uh also rate five stars only always and then if you want to leave a review telling us how bad we are feel free we don't really care but we do want that five stars only. Yeah. So I forget where my like little lead-in was going. I think I was just going to f- wrap it up with sometimes, not just we we listen to a song we hated the first time through and we're like, you know, it's not so bad. But also maybe even we discover that we liked or disliked a band more than mm-hmm. we thought we did. Right. Uh, the example that is freshest in my mind, of course, besides Foo Fighters, because that's what we're talking about, is the last one, Red Hot Chili Peppers, which <clears throat> I wasn't like anti Red Hot Chili Peppers. Actually, you just asked me before we recorded, you were like, are there any bands that you have a bunch of albums of that you just like aren't really that into? And I gave you a couple examples, but yeah. actually Chili Peppers would kind of fall in there. Um, I didn't own a bunch of their albums mm-hmm. you know i have before we did the discography i had stadium arcadium one hot minute and californication that's not very many mm-hmm. in fact that kind of makes this point stupid but i'm gonna keep going for the listener you didn't have uh blood sugar sex magic oh yes i did okay. yes i did sorry so there's four stadium arcadium is really the only one mm-hmm. that i listened to a lot yeah. and that was really because my friends and I listened to it a lot. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was popping it in the car stereo all the time. One Hot Minute was the first one that I had, and it was good, but there were a lot of songs that were too weird for me, I think, at the time, because I was still pretty new to what was, at the time, modern rock music. Californica- Californication, I liked, but there were too many songs that, at the time, I was not big on, you know? A lot of it's really important for me, or it was, to like l- 
enjoy the album the whole way through. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, and now on a re-listen, that album is really good front to back. Yeah. But at the time, I wasn't that into it. And actually, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, even as late in my musical adventures as I got that one, again, it was like, man, these singles are good, but I, I'm not crazy about everything mm-hmm. else. Still not, I don't, I can't remember where I ranked it, but it's still not yeah. better than any of the other ones I just listed for me. Plus, you got anyway. like the first three albums, you know, that show like. Oh, yeah. You know. So we're taking big gaps in some, that was a big gap we just took in our episode to take sips of Irish coffee. <laughs> it's a, this is a morning recording like we have been doing lately. And it's January 25th when we record. <clears throat> this episode won't come out for like another month, but it's National Irish Coffee Day. Yeah. So it seemed appropriate to get a little sauced as we record. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, always. <laughs> I took great care in making this. I used my wife's good coffee. Yeah. And what, what's I, the good coffee? It's called Simpatico. Ooh. See? Uh, it's like low acid coffee, which makes us sound like old people. But she always likes to drink her coffee and then run. And if you have really acidic coffee before you run, it can not it can make your life less enjoyable. So mm. this stuff's actually it's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So you have that coffee, real Bailey's. None of this. You know, Carolin, Carolins, Carol, oh. I don't know. The knockoff yeah. Irish cream, real name brand. And then Dickel's Sour Mash Whiskey, which I know it's not a technical, but I wasn't going to go buy a bottle of whiskey for this. Oh, yeah. But George Dickel is, George Dickel's is a, what is it? What's a distillery? Is that the word I'm looking for? That's not the probably. Word I'm yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. It's a distillery, yeah. and they uh, they are in Kentucky, like southern Kentucky, bordering on Definitely northern Tennessee, and it's like the real deal. I went there with my buddy. My buddy asked a bunch of questions. Like we were we were those tourists, you know, <laughs> like the the old men in like <laughs> jean shorts. <laughs> this was years ago. This was before we were old men, but we were there just you know with our fanny packs. Oh, and, and cameras around our necks, like, oh, can you tell me more about the, the difference between rye whiskey and sour mash? You know, that kind of thing. Here's a taste test. Actually, like a lot of these distilleries down there, uh, it's in a dry county, so you can't actually drink there. Oh, what? Yeah. What the Yeah. F? I don't know. What the Irish coffee are you talking <laughs> about? But, but ever since then, I've been a George Dickel fan. Hmm. What other whiskey do you like? Mm. Dude, I just like... This is what... I feel like Jameson's overrated, bro. I thought that too, but then when we were gigging at the Crafty Pint the other week, he gave, the owner gave us shots of Jameson. It was, it was better than I anticipated. Oh, yeah. I don't usually do shots because usually we only get them during gigs, and I don't uh-huh. like going from zero to drunk in <laughs> 30 seconds. But this was b- when we were done, you know, just ready to drive home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, sort of. We, yeah, we were getting ready to leave, but it takes like a solid hour, hour yeah. and a half to actually leave. So not driving drunk, but <laughs> nevertheless, it was the end of the night. That seemed like the most appropriate time, I guess, yeah. to do it. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Not nearly as bad as that 
fucking fireball you gave me that one time. And I left it. It's like two times now. Yeah. Yeah. I oh fuck. When was that second time? I forget. And you know how taste aversions people get because they get really sick on stuff? Mm-hmm. I have a taste aversion to fireball, and I've never been sick on it. It's like I taste it, and I'm like, oh, oh. Um, yeah, not good. I don't know. You asked what kind of whiskeys I like. I don't. I, all of it. No, I wouldn't say all of it, but I'm not smart enough about whiskeys to be really particular oh, yeah. about them. Like I if somebody gives me a good one, I'll drink it and I'll appreciate it. Like I don't remember if it was a wedding gift or a housewarming gift or something, but I had this, you know, Woodford Reserve oh, in yeah. my in my liquor cabinet for a, for a bit. And I liked like I would just drink that mm-hmm. like on its own. And it was good. And I can tell that it's better than, you know, uh, cheap Jack Dan- Jack Daniels or whatever. Actually, that's not even. You can go cheaper than that, obviously. Early times, you know, Evan in the plastic Williams. bottle, Evan Williams. That, although I guess there are some Evan Williams, like there's sliding scales of Evan Evan Williams. Oh. Like you can get some good Evan Williams, I think. Huh. I could be. I might be thinking of the wrong person, but it's not that important. The important part is. That I can appreciate a good whiskey, but like I haven't had enough of them. I guess what it is is I don't drink whiskey enough, and I haven't tested enough of the whiskey waters. Yeah. That's a song, right? The whiskey waters. Yeah, seriously. I haven't tested enough of the whiskey waters <laughs> to to really be able to differentiate. Like, here's the whiskeys I like. Here's the ones uh-huh. I don't. So singing like that made me think. Again, we don't really like to date our episodes that much, but... We do do cover 90s discographies here. And even though we haven't done Pearl Jam, it kind of seems mm. they're in the news right now because they just released their new single. Did you Have listen? You yeah, I did. Is it did good? you? No. I would kind of like, we texted each other after Rise of Skywalker and we're like, what grade do you give it? And we were both like B minus. <laughs> yeah. This gets like a C minus damn dude now again like all these things i i like how i say again as if i've talked about it in the episode already Mm. i have it when i say again it means i've thought about this before you guys (laughs) (laughs) so you may not have been privy to it but i've thought about this and again i i might give it subsequent listens and find like oh i actually do like this Uh but first of all it kicks off, well, I mean, oh, maybe. You, you got it ready. Dude. I don't. No, I don't have <laughs> it ready. But You got it ready. We have this thing called the internet. and uh, Tell me more about this internet. I, I, I'm curious what you'll think about just how it kicks off, okay? So this, we're going to, you know, copyright law be damned. Here comes a little snippet of Pearl Jam's Dance of the Clairvoyance. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. Sam is sneezing. It won't be edited out. We don't have a sneeze button. Okay. Are you this song is called Dance of the Clairvoyance. What do you think just right off the bat? It's gonna be like uh high tempo, but it's gonna be like low volume. Oh, okay. How many views do you think it has gotten in three days? I bet one million. 871,000. However, there's two versions 
there's one that is Dance of the Clairvoyance Mach 1. They're both from Pearl Jam's account. Mm. So whatever that means. If you combine those two, it's closer to one and a half million. But anyway, I'm just clicking the most popular one. Here we go. Up oh, here comes an ad for Trivago. <laughs> we'll skip that. And Sam's eyebrows went up. It's kind of like chili peppers, <clears throat> like newer chili peppers. You know what I mean? How they got You're right. In, you know. Yeah, and it is kind of like newer newer chili peppers, but. You know, I get on Twitter and I look at what people are saying. And w- what I've seen a lot of people say is talking heads, mm. which I kind of get that. But I think talking heads is like the easier comparison because yeah. what they're saying is it kind of sounds dancey mm-hmm. and synth poppy. But I think you're right. I think it's more like new chili peppers. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's also kind of like talking heads. But this guitar part. Like, to me, that's more chili pepper, yeah. new chili peppers. Yeah, with that, like, kind of fuzzy funk guitar. Yeah, fuzzy funk, right, fuzzy funk. I, it never really does anything other than what you just heard. I mean, it changes a little bit. You know, there is a chorus, but yeah. it's pretty much that same, what I'm, I'm immediately turned off by the beat. I mean, mm. I'm like, look, I'm not even a Matt Cameron fan, but you have Matt Cameron yeah. in your band. Like, why are you doing that? Uh-huh. Like the sa- I don't know if that's a sample or if he's using like an electric kit or whatever. Matt Cameron is a master. Yeah. You even though I, mean? I don't care for him. Yeah. Like, I can admit. <laughs> yeah. He's like a time master. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know what we're going to do here? We're going to bring Eddie Van Halen into the band. <laughs> And then we're gonna let uh, Eddie Vedder play guitar instead. Yeah. Like that's a, that's the trade off they made here. So I'm just not uh, a big fan, at least at first blush. And I think it might be kind of telling. We're turning into a, a news uh, podcast <laughs> more so than a covering. <laughs> but the I've already seen articles and like little interviews come out with other members of Pearl Jam. Specifically, Stone Gossard. That's the most recent one I think I saw. Where he says, you know, Dance of the Clairvoyance is experimental. And, you know, we do some new stuff on it that we're really proud of. But don't worry. There will be straight-ahead rock songs on this album. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, I see what's happening. We're already in damage control. The reviews are bad. Uh People are not excited about this. And you have to assure us, Uh reassure us that we're going to like this. So... That is not, I don't think that's a good sign that he has to tell people, like, don't worry, they're straight ahead rock songs. If they were confident here. about the plan, they yeah. would be like, just let it unfold, man. Y- yes. Yeah. Oh, this is our first single. Yeah. This is the, if, if, if this was the only, ex- I'm not, and he didn't say it's the only experimental thing. I'm just saying that if this was a straight ahead rock record and that was what you wanted to take from that, and we'll talk, actually, we'll talk about this on our next episode that we're recording after this, but. If you wanted this to just be a straight-ahead rock album, you don't lead with that song. Mm-hmm. You put that you that's your third single then. Yeah, that's the one that that's like White Limo. Yeah, yeah. If you, know? you like, you're gonna show this to people after they have a feel for what the album is, so then they can be like, oh, like I get, like I like this, uh-huh. you know, rather than putting that foot forward. I don't know. I think bad move. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. We're here to talk about the last 
Foo Fighters album that we haven't covered yet. We've already recorded Concrete and Gold. Right. We have not covered yet Sonic Highways. <laughs> Sonic Highways. <laughs> That's what we're covering today. Foo Fighters' eighth album. Eighth. Eighth. I remember when this came out, man. Do you? Yeah. I was like a junior in college. Okay. And uh, I was like, yeah, dude, because the Foo Fighters album hasn't came out. Hasn't come out in like years. Oh yeah, how how long? I think it was like 2014 or 15. Oh shoot, I have to bring up a spreadsheet. 2014 or 15? Well, I can give you the exact date because we always do this. Yeah, I almost forgot, but I'm glad you brought it up. The release date specifically was November 10th, 2014. There you go. Number one song on the radio. Shake It Off. I know that one, I think. By Taylor Swift. Yeah. Shake It Off. Yeah, you know that one. Yeah. Number one mainstream rock song. Do you have a guess? 2014? Yep. No. Remember, Foo Fighters are at their the height of their popularity. Okay, something from nothing. Correct. That's the number one mainstream rock song. And number one album, do you have a guess? Sonic Highways? No. This one what? didn't get to number one. I think this one got to number two. What? Well, it's the other... Album we talked, 1989, Taylor Swift. Oh. So, remember, wow. listeners, if you want to guess at home, if you want to play the game at home, usually the number one album, at least in our experience, about 50% of the time, the number one album is the same album that the number one song is on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Except when that number one mainstream rock song is mega popular and it has the number one album, which was the case last album where Wasting Light was the number one album. Mm. The number one Billboard song overall was E.T., Katy Perry, but the number one mainstream rock song was Rope. Anyway, that's enough of that. So we're talking about Sonic Highways and you were saying that it came out when you were in college and it had been, it to your recollection, it had been a few years. It had actually been three and a half years. Yeah. Which today isn't really that long, mm-hmm. but it you know, Foo Fighters are usually a two to three year. But I was know. like diving deep into like Dave Grohl stuff, so I was like, I need another Foo Fighters man. Yeah, you needed another taste. Yeah, yeah, and you got it. You got yeah. a taste. The the kind of um, history. I, I don't want to say history because I'm not going to get into it too much. But the and you might know more about this than me because you're more of a Foo head. Head. So if you have other things to add, you know, stop me. But the plan for Foo Fighters apparently at the time was to take a break after Wasting Light. Yeah. You know, they had put a lot of work into that, whether it was a lot of time versus a lot of sort of like mental effort, you know, is probably inconsequential. When we talked about the recording of Wasting Light, it sounded like it was difficult from like a mental aspect. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of preparation. It wasn't. And it was more difficult on Butch Vig to use outdated methods of, you know, putting that analog recording stuff together than it was for the Foo Fighters to actually like carry out their end of the bargain, you know, just recording the songs. But whatever the case, on the Wasting Light tour, they start writing some songs and they get this idea and are probably approached by HBO to put this sort of like documentary together. And they, I don't know if this concept kind of came out of that or if Dave had always planned on doing this sort of like city by city thing, but they come up with this sort of like concept album where they're going to do 
a song recorded at various famous studios around America mm -hmm. and kind of be inspired by those locations. Uh, specifically in the lyrics of the song, they don't, they have guest musicians that yeah. are from like the area or whatever, but it's not necessarily the song. It's not like they're in uh, New Orleans, so they write a jazz tune. Mm -hmm. They're in New Orleans, so they have a jazz band guest on the song. That, that's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, it right. Like a country song in Nashville. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I kind of thought, too. But that's not really what this is. Yeah. It's not even... The the Nashville one isn't really country tinged even. Yeah. And they what I heard what I read was it was lyrics that mm -hmm. were changing based on the location. But anyway, first of all, let me get this right out there. I love this idea. Yeah. Like I love partly because I'm a poor songwriter and it's hard for me to be inspired by things, maybe because I've lived an easy, <laughs> privileged life. But I like the idea of like having a little it's not even a story it's just like every song has this like outside spice, purpose yeah yeah outside spite like this little ingredient peppered in there that's like it maybe it's uh, maybe i'm saying it the wrong way it makes the album as a whole more interesting that each thing ha each song has its own unique mm -hmm. ingredient it's not like song to song i'm like oh this is the new orleans one i'm interested in this it's more like comparing it to the other songs it's like oh i can see the different influence in this one yeah or whatever so right off the bat i'm like interested in the idea of this album before i listened to it a lot and before we obviously recorded this i talked to a lot of people um that are, are fr friends of mine who are big foo fighters fans that don't like dislike sonic highways mm -hmm. but kind of feel like it's an a uh, half-cooked meal i think they got too ahead of their self themselves with like the gimmick idea uh -huh. no, know what i mean mm -hmm. like they like because like wasting light it's like we're gonna record this in my house like yeah how like we're gonna more, hunker down yeah get it done now it's like you know the travel part is more of a priority than the kind of yeah i mean not i don't know that for sure but i or just distracting know what i'm saying i do yeah i do know what you're saying um and and i think i think that's inevitable and probably and true yeah <laughs> you're probably right about it, especially when you have hbo involved yeah then you have another whether or not you actually think you're adjusting your routine to to match like what you know dave Grohl doesn't have to do anything for anybody yeah but unless you're a huge like disrespectful asshole you're gonna honor if people are trying to get something done mm -hmm. you're gonna be rushed a little bit and i'm not even saying i think necessarily that anything is rushed i'm just saying yeah. you can't help but acquiesce to what other people want from you when you know you've got people from your record company and people from hbo and the rest of your band and all this and you're on this traveling schedule where you, you mm -hmm. know you don't have unlimited time even if you are dave girl so so, so I think there's something to be said for that. Again, I'm not even saying that it matters to me when I listen to this, but I could see why people would say that. And I kind of feel the same way with Concrete and Gold. Like the kind of gimmick distracting thing was like the more of like, it went like the pop route, like in a way like experimental, like with the harmonies. And yeah. Because like, they got uh, 
I think Greg Kirsten is his name. Okay. And he I don't remember. Produced like a lot of pop. Oh, stuff. oh. Is that I should know this. I'm embarrassed. Is that that's not a Butch Vig? No. Produced? Okay. Neither is Sonic yeah. Highways is. Yeah. No, Butch Vig was not in concrete. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, do you want to get into this now? Yep. Are you ready? Let okay. It, let hit it. So, first, e- even though I've turned over a new leaf, <laughs> yeah. you like how I'm like, are you ready to hit it? One more thing. Yeah. <laughs> Quick sidebar. Um, the the new thing for for me is to maybe not cover a song if it doesn't need covered. I think I've made this comparison earlier in a previous episode you know you if we were reviewing movies you wouldn't go every single scene and cover the scene you know just if if it meant nothing to you oh yeah we, we probably don't have to go over every single song but there's only eight songs in here yeah. and i have something to say about all of them so yeah. strap yourself in you guys this could be a long one okay google okay take a picture <laughs> In forty seconds, <laughs> we have we have a new toy. Well, it's not a new toy. It's old older people Did working. Did you say in, okay? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Google. Up, oh, my Google is t- telling <laughs> it's us like Time Magazine. Robots start activating. <laughs> like. So now we're trying to take pictures as we record, and we're just yelling at Google to do it for us. So maybe we'll get some gems. Totally. Are you ready? The Dude, first. I might make another Irish. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. Should I go grab it real quick? Yeah, if you want. I'm going to start playing something from nothing. Right. This is the first song on Sonic Highways. I'm going to turn it down, you know, for copyright law. Sam is trying to navigate getting around our camera cables that are way too short. So he basically, like, has to hurdle and twist and turn through his kitchen. Oh, my. He's got hot coffee. We, we're out of whiskey because I only made an... I only brought enough whiskey to... Oh, <laughs> oh man. I'm going to... We got to take a picture of this. Uh, I only made enough coffee for two Irish coffees, but now Sam's got the coffee and the Baileys over on the table. He's made it. He didn't knock the camera at all. Which is so. Oh, <laughs> he almost spilled the whole pot. Uh, oh man, you got to watch this on YouTube if the audio comes through because it was a tenuous situation. And maybe somewhere in here we got a sweet picture uh, of you trying to set this up. Okay. Oh, we're about to get to the good part. I can get it for you. We Sam forgot the whipped cream, but you got to talk. Are you ready? <laughs> Think of something to say. The last time we did this, it did not go well for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Go. Dude, do you think something from nothing sounds like, Holy diver. Do I? Been too long in the midnight sea. Tiger. You can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. Do I think that that sounds like Holy Diver? 
that's not even like. I think Foo Fighters are like we ripped off Holy Diver on accident. Like, <laughs> Here it is again. Done, they're like, dude, is that Holy Diver? I like the. I'm sorry, you like what? The keyboard. Oh, I do too. The yeah, it kind of sounds like a tripped out bass a little bit. Yeah, I like that too. You know, the the Holy Diver ripoff doesn't bother me. You know, I rip on bands all the time <laughs> for <laughs> songs sounding like other songs. And at first, I ripped out. I was like, oh, my God, it's Holy Diver. But, you know, it actually, to me, D- Dave Grohl clearly knows that that is Holy Diver, yeah. right? Like, when it's an unapologetic ripoff, I'm more okay with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Not like um, some band would know, like... Uh Silverchair. Yeah. They're our number one <laughs> ripoff artists, for sure. <laughs> We're on a quest to out them <laughs> for all their song ripoffs. So I'm actually kind of a fan of Something From Nothing. Yeah, I like it. I like this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let me play this part so people can hear it. I think this album just, like, the mix is so classic rock. Mm-hmm. Like, just the it is. tone. Tone is much more classic than your typical, yeah. than your typical uh, modern rock. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you know who the guest is on this one? This one was recorded in Chicago. If that helps you. Who is it? This is Rick Nielsen from. Oh Cheap yeah, Trek. I knew that. Yep. Um, I'm a fan. There's not really much else to say about yeah. it though. It's like you got this holy diver riff. It's it's not a mega strong opening single. You know, it's it's good. Yeah, this album, like, only this song was on the radio. I know, that's funny, but did you know there were five singles from this album, technically? It's so, crazy. this one, Congregation. Yes. Um, Outside? Yep. That's three. Yep. Beast and Famine? Yep. My God, My Wit? Yes, that- those are the five. It's like the, the first five. The first songs. five songs. <laughs> yep, the first five, and they came out. Si- uh, spoiler alert for the next episode. I've been, I've been. When I look for singles, the easiest way for me to find them is to just go on the Wikipedia for the album and just get the release date. Mm-hmm. Those release dates apparently are not always right. Oh, so th- the su- according to Wikipedia, those first five were released in sequential order, but. Apparently those are like, oh no, don't do that yet. You don't want that. Don't, I don't want more. I don't need a warm up. I need because I want the consistency to be the same. Sam oh. tried to very kindly warm up my Irish coffee, but I want to finish this cup before Bye. I put more in. Bye. But what I was saying was that I don't know. It's like an iTunes release versus a Billboard release or something, and so sometimes the dates don't line up. Mm-hmm. And the reason I found that was because according to Wikipedia. Pork and Beans, we're going to record the Weezer's Red album after this. Pork and Beans was the third single. Yeah. And that's when I started investigating this. I was like, wait a minute. That cannot be right. And sure enough, it wasn't. It was not right. Anyway, second song on the album, and according to Wikipedia, the second <laughs> uh, single released is The Feast and the Famine. This is probably my favorite. What don't I like about this song? The voice. No, that's not it. 
No. The drums? The stops. Oh. <laughs> Foo Fighters overuses the stop. Way to... There are some good stops on this uh-huh. album, but I don't know. It just... Why well, I could see why in this sense, because it's like part of the time. Yeah, you're right. You, you know what I mean? It's not like, rockin', 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 stop. Yeah. Hey! Yeah, I put in a hard stop because I wanted to turn up the volume for the chorus, oh. which is about to happen. I really like that chorus. Yeah. The, especially the backup vocals that they have in there. Those those really fatten up the the line, mm-hmm. you know? That's one one theme we've had through this discography. You said the first thing you thought I didn't like was the voice, <laughs> which is usually correct. I when when Dave has other backup singers other than him recording his voice as the backup vocals, it really fattens up mm-hmm. his the vocal delivery, which I'm only just now thinking about this. Makes complete sense because when you have two guitars live or recorded doing the same thing, but they're the same guitar, it kind of like it it doesn't make it muddy, but it also doesn't really fatten anything up. It kind of just makes it like messier or something. That's the wrong description. But it doesn't add what it's supposed to add. But what you do is you put a second guitar that has Mm. different tones and uses different chord voicings, and it fattens it up. Yeah. What you pointed, like you wanted to hear this part. Yeah, I I like this part. Do you know who the guests are on this one? I don't. This is Peter Stahl and Skeeter Thompson from the hardcore band Scream. Oh, okay. You familiar with Scream? That's Dave Grohl's old band. Like that's I didn't know that. The band he joined. Oh, oh, oh. When like from the Washington D.C. scene. Yeah, yeah. So, spoiler alert: this song is the Washington D.C. Oh, song. Oh, yeah. That's not a spoiler alert. That's just. You were you said exactly what I wanted uh-huh. you to say because that's what I was gonna do. You mentioned this song already too. The third single, apparently, and the third song on the album is "Congregation" featuring Zach Brown. Yeah, a little bit of chicken fried, cold beer on a Friday night. You're supposed to sing with me. A pair of jeans that fit just right, and a mother's look, or and the radio up. Something, something, something. I like this song. This is pretty classic rock. Yeah, I, I, the song had gone on too long, but that little riff, I'm going to rewind it. You, you said it's classic rock, and yeah. it totally is. Yeah. So I'll give you a little insight as to what I'm thinking as I'm listening to this album. I listen to those first two songs and I'm like, okay, I'm not in love. Yeah. But I'm also not in hate. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, I can listen to this. And then we get to this song and my immediate reaction to the opening of Congregation and how this song is fleshing out is, this this sounds similar to 
Generator and Overdrive and other songs I've complained about before but were like mastered. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's really kind of what I'm saying is what they did was they took like a light, not heavy riff, but they made it work in a song that still has like a little bit of guts to yeah. it. It's not like it's not like I'm skipping down the street or whatever. You know, this there's a little bit of rawness yeah. to this otherwise very light and fluffy riff, like this melodic lead part that they have. So I'm a pretty big... I like this song. Yeah, I like Congregation. Yeah. Any other parts of it you want to hear before we move on? That uh, middle part. Oh, yeah. Fans, I'm going to... Sam, I don't have a timestamp, but I'm just going right to guess. There. Did I go too far? Or is it coming yeah, after this? Dude, the drums sound so good. Like, just like as a complete set. You know what I mean? And he's putting a real good touch. Okay, say what you just said, because I think your voice is going to be drowned out. Oh. You said Pause something it. about his drum Pause set. It. Okay. Like, the tone of the drums sound real good. Yeah. And, uh, like, his touch, like, the way he's actually, like, hitting the cymbals. See, that's why people come to this podcast. Yeah, like... So you can explain why the drums sound good. Yeah, he's just, like... He's not, like, beating the hell out of them, but he's, like, playing it consistent. Yeah. You know what I'm... It just sounds pretty tasty. Yeah. We were just saying how I don't like Foo Fighters stops. I like them at this part of the Uh, song. These are well-executed stops uh for me. Yeah, because because what I don't like a lot about Foo Fighters stops is how the stops all sound a little digitized. There's no attack when they when the stops or when the music comes back in. It just sounds like they turned on the recording button and the band was already playing. Mm. That's not a great way. to Oh no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and and when they come to a stop, you don't. It doesn't sound like. You can't hear Taylor Hawkins like snatch a cymbal with his fingers. Yeah. And you can't like hear Dave Grohl put his hand on his guitar to stop the strings from vibrating. Yeah. What it, it sounds like is they turn the recorder off, you know, and all of a sudden the sound is gone. It's uh, not that it stopped, it's that the sound is gone. But when they do these stops here, there's like a little bit of reverb and you you can't you can't hear it per se. But there's ambient noise in there. But yeah, you can tell. It's if like it they're wasn't in a hall, yeah. right? And and you can and you can like feel the empty space. Here it is again, by the way. Yeah, you can hear the drums like exactly. Boom. You can hear the drums go boom, and you yeah. can. So that's I, like I always do. Started it at the perfect spot. You can hear the drums, oh, like you just, yeah. oh, oh. Like losing air or whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck. Yeah, and that's what, that's what good stops yeah. are, to me well, it's like are supposed to be. Stop in a CD and then stopping in an entire band, like yeah. live band. Per- you know that's, I mean? Yes, that's the way to describe it. I'm, I'm reading this book called, um, oh, what's it called? Algorithms to Live By. It's basically how, I think I've mentioned it before. It's, it's basically how using com- not using but interesting ways to incorporate computer algorithms to solve everyday problems and this this recent chapter i'm reading is on 
is is basically on how data was transferred over the internet in the early days of the internet. And one thing they kind of delve into is studies on how people talk to each other over the phone. And it's the same concept. It's a similar concept. But you know how you'll be talking to somebody and you can tell when the fo- when the call has been cut, even though they're not saying anything? Yeah. You're the one who's talking, but you can tell when they're not there anymore, mm-hmm. even though they weren't saying anything. Yeah. It's because... It's because of that, like, it's this, like, almost unsettling feeling of there's supposed to be some noise here, and uh-huh. there's not. It's the same thing as as my beef with some yeah. other Foo Fighters songs, but not this one. Let's move on. Play, what? play that part. The Again? Oh, the part. I haven't yeah. played it yet? Yeah. Oh, okay, hold on. I don't know what part you're talking about, but I'm going to guess it's right here. Maybe. I found yeah. it. That's all. <laughs> okay. Do you need black feet? Oh, is that, that what he says? I don't know what he says, but that is a good, you're right, that is a good part of the song that I forgot about. Yeah. Fourth song, fourth single. Kind of a combo platter of two songs. What did I do? Slash, God is my witness. This is a weird intro, right? This one's recorded in Austin, Texas, with Gary Clark Jr. What do you think about this one? I like it. I do too. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Drums are the centerpiece of the song. What'd you say? The drums are like the centerpiece, in my opinion. At least the first half, the part that's called What Did I Do? This is a good song. Um, I said earlier that Congregation, I was starting to, when I was listening to the album for the first time, I was like, oh yeah, I can get on board with this slightly different feel in what would otherwise be a song I don't like on a typical Foo Fighters album. I I like What Did I Do, which is the first half of track four, but then it kind of like morphs into this other one, God Is My Witness, pretty seamlessly. You know, they have basically Uh the same intro, for you to find out, and it's basically the same way they started this song. And then they start God is my witness. And I'm going to try to kind of fast forward to it a little bit. Wait, go back. I like how his voice like cracks a little yeah. bit. All your heroes, where are they now? I'm lost So the first time I heard this song was on the way 
to the Crafty Pint for the gig really? I mentioned earlier with the shots of Jameson at the end. And this is when this is when I was like, I'm on board now. Yeah. <clears throat> like, um, this that song is not a masterpiece, mm-hmm. but, but it's, it's just so like different. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, this is what I want a Foo Fighters ballad to kind of be like. Yeah. They've written other good ballads that I liked on other albums, but I really like this one. And it kind of solidifies what's happened in the last three albums for me with Foo Fighters, which is they've gone away from drive everything as fast as the tempo will allow. Like even in a slower song where like the beat is pushed and pushed and Mm -hmm. pushed this one, like they're laying back and it's, and maybe that's Gary Clark's, you know, Gary Clark being like a modern blues type player. That's just not going to be his style of playing. It's this is much more laid back. And I just, I like the harmonies. I like the guitar. um, I like the guitar arrangement. I like the sound. Mm-hmm. I really like that song. is strong. Gary Clark Jr. joined them, I think, at Austin City Limits. Is is that right? Yeah. He um, Gary Clark guests with a lot of people. He does. Yeah. And that's the subject of our deep dive for today. Deep dive. This is something I I started with the last album we recorded, which was Wasting Light. So there won't be one for Concrete and Gold. And this dive is not that deep okay. because I, you know, the deep dive, the idea is for those of you who are first time listeners, the deep dive, the idea is I start, you know, I'm researching this and then I kind of like take a topic that interests me and I go down the rabbit hole and see how far I can go learning interesting things. This one kind of stopped abruptly hmm. and there was nowhere else to go. But Gary Clark, not only does he guest with a lot of people, on their albums, but he's also been in an award-winning film with Danny Glover. Do you know who Danny Glover is? Uh, yeah. Lethal Weapon. I've definitely heard his name. Yeah, he's he's the Mel Gibson's partner in Lethal Weapon, not sex partner, police partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've never seen a Lethal Weapon movie actually. Have I. They might be sex partners. From <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure they're not. So he's in Lethal Weapon. He's the main protagonist in Predator 2, the sequel to Predator. Oh. <clears throat> Not familiar? No. You can Google him later. Good actor. But he's in this movie called The Honey Dripper. Guess who Gary Clark plays? Who? It's not a, per- a historical person, but, you know. Who? He's, he's a blues guitar player <laughs> in a movie called, I mean, Dude, what you- do you think Gary Clark does? In Dude. the movie. He's a blues guitar player. He plays at the old hole-in-the-wall bar. He's like, hey, lady. I can play some blues. Now, okay, so far you're 100% right. Really? Now, what's... Yes, he plays at the old hole-in-the-wall <laughs> bar. Now, why why is he brought into the bar, do you think? Because blues has died. Yes, you're still correct. Do you want to expand any... There's more to it. He likes the food. I think you might have gone off base there. <laughs> Do you know who Danny Glover, what Danny Glover's role in the whole thing is? He's a guy looking for talent. Correct. Why does he need Gary Clark to be the... Because he has the soul power. <laughs> Probably. Okay, <laughs> I won't make you do any more. But <clears throat> Danny Glover hires Gary Clark Jr. to basically like reestablish his dive bar as like a cool like blues club. Yeah. So Dan- Gary Clark Jr. is supposed to like save the, the bar. So anyway... In fact, my notes say a dying blues club, which is basically <laughs> exactly what you said. Um, did you ever see that 
uh, with Samuel. Um, uh, Black Snake Moan yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. that's what you were gonna say. I haven't. Yeah. I have not seen it. Yeah. With Christina Ricci as a nymphomaniac. <laughs> oh, that's such a weird movie. I'm like, what? Yeah, and yeah, I haven't. It's been on Netflix or something, yeah. and. I mean, that doesn't really interest me anyway, but what interests me about it sort of is I'm like, okay, it's rated R. She's a nymphomaniac. Like, what does it take uh, to be able to describe a character in your movie like on the box as a nymphomaniac, but you're only rated R? So like, how do they get across? That I guess that's what I'm interested in. Oh, like, it yeah. sounds like it's trying to be a porno. Yeah. But it's clearly not. Yeah. So what? how does that movie work? That's my complete level of interest in that movie turning on that movie i've been watching the witcher oh. on netflix have you watched it at all no ashley actually plays the game yeah i want to play the game now dude the tv show granted i always am watching it when i've had a couple of drinks yeah. because mostly because i always have a couple of drinks at night and my wife will not let me watch that show while she's in the room <laughs> Cause it it's got like mon- not because she's scared of it, but oh. the first ep the only episode she saw a little bit of had quite a bit of blood and quite a bit of nudity. Oh, so and that's the part that makes me feel like I feel kind of gross like watching Viking it. Viking level. I've never seen Vikings. No, I'm just that's something. Oh, like you Viking mean Viking level? Vi- yeah, blood you mean and like nudity. Viking the group of people? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm not familiar with them. But you know. I never watched Game of Thrones really either, but you know people will be you know Game of Thrones. There's always like a floppy dick and you know <laughs> boobies, <laughs> and that's kind of what the, the Witcher's nudity seems somewhat gratuitous, hmm. which kind of like that stuff. I I'm not. Oh, thank Clink. Okay, Google, take a picture in ten seconds. There we go. Is it gonna take on? It's definitely my phone is definitely gonna try to take a picture. Hopefully, Sam's does too. But anyway, we're talking about <laughs> on this discuss on this podcast about Sonic Highways. We're talking about The Witcher, and I, hey, we did take a deep dive, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's breasts, there's a br- women's breasts, breasts just and breasts. bottoms. There's not. I haven't seen a Tits. dick. I haven't seen a dick yet. But my wife, I, I'm kind of uncomfortable watching. Those th- because I feel like I shouldn't be. That's probably like some. Hey, hold on, dude. I'm sorry if I drink all this Bailey's, but I'm I'm on the, like feel good train. Yeah, you're allowed to. Ba- basically, what I'm saying is, I feel like I'm. If my wife were to come downstairs, I'm getting caught watching something that she's like, "Well, you just don't. You you just think I don't want to make love to you, so you have to watch these and probably masturbate. Like that's not what's happening." I just like the show, you know, <laughs> but but somehow I feel wrong, right? But anyway, point is that the show is, one, good. Two, the nudity does seem like it's trying, as much as nudity can be, it's trying to be not a part of the story, but just like, look, this is how it would have been. Oh, you yeah. You know, like... That it, woman's from Columbus, the producer, I think. Oh, really? She's from Westerville. Oh, who is it? I don't know. Okay. I didn't... I mean, I look don't know. Look it up. I will look it up later. Because this is not a podcast on The Witcher. This is a yeah. podcast on Foo Sonic Foo Fighters. Fighters. Specifically, Sonic Highways. Anyway, 
the movie we were talking about that got us to The Witcher, The Honey Dripper, won Best Picture, the 2008 NAACP Image Awards. <laughs> are, you fami- yeah. are you familiar with the NAACP Image Awards? No. No, not very many people are, but you are familiar with the NAACP. No. Yeah, you are. You know what the NAACP... I forget what... It's a uh, National Association... Oh, God. This is embarrassing. But CP is colored people, right? So mm. it's it's the, uh, you know, award minority in film award is what this is. So it, this is specifically for independent film, right? And so it won Best Picture in 2008. From what I could tell, um, from what I could tell, the movie did not get great awards. Or great reviews, I should say. But I will say there are a lot of good movies that are that have been nominated for this specific award. So maybe Honey Dripper like isn't terrible. Yeah. Or maybe I'll, it is I'm terrible. Watch. Maybe it is terrible and it was just in a down year. Dude, I'm gonna watch. National Association for the Advancement. I couldn't think advancement uh, was the word I was forgetting in NAACP. National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, that's what it is. So anyway. It's, that's an example of things you can't remember because you're trying to think of a bunch of them yeah. that we've talked about several times. Anyway, that's pretty much where the deep dive stops. Because yeah. then I couldn't, like, there wasn't much on <clears throat> the specific, those image awards. So that's the end of our deep dive for the day. It got deeper than we thought. It you know, because we talked yeah. about The Witcher. Yeah. Anyway. Breasts. Breasts and bottoms. Yeah. At one point in The Witcher, uh, a uterus is removed. That's when my wife tuned out. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to Sonic Highways. The sixth song, fifth song, and the fifth single is Outside. You're welcome to top me off now. Thank you. I'm putting some whipped cream in that too. I got I've had some adventures recently in 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 vegan. Yeah, I did. I've had some adventure vegan adventures lately. And I discovered, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I actually prefer my lattes with almond milk now. And I saw that Kroger had almond milk whipped cream, which I bought. If you were thinking of buying that for yourself, don't. It tastes like crap. It's not good. <laughs> crap. Dude, so like when they play the song live, Taylor Hawkins does this crazy thing. What? Just so he so he's not playing straight, it's like just live, not here. On the, yeah, on the cymbal. Okay. And it's like it sounds really good. I'll have to play it to you. Yeah, is it is it on the bell of the ride cymbal? Yeah, dude. It really is it? And you I, know how much I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. Um I want to I want to play this part. Whoops, I missed it. I'm going to rewind a little bit. I want you to hear this part. You familiar with the band Black Lab? 
at all. No. I feel like I might have mentioned them before on here. That chorus reminds me of a Black Lab chorus, which is a compliment. Not that I love Black Lab, but there's a certain sound that they had. Like, the chorus is big, but the vocals are almost like a they're talking. Like, I want to get outside. Oh. Like, it's a nice little melody, but it's not the usual Dave screaming. Yeah. Which I like. I forgot to look. I forgot to remind myself. This this is the one with Joe Walsh. Yep. 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 Joe Walsh, Walsh of great solo f- uh, career fame and uh, Eagles. Dude. Yeah, I told you he plays on that new uh, Coattail Riders. Yeah, album, yeah. And it is weird, the solo. Yeah. Yep. Dude, he does weird stuff. Yeah, but it's like... Like, you can tell he's just like a master because... He is a master. He's bored with everything else, so like he does like weird shit. You yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I made a mistake and didn't... Where where was this one recorded? You didn't place record, press record. <laughs> no, I pressed... Re- I did press record, but <laughs> I haven't made that mistake in a long time. Where, where was this album? Where was this song recorded? I forget. I need the map, dude. Uh, well, is it Memphis? Memphis? I don't think it's Memphis. Say something while I look this up. Memphis? <laughs> keep it. You know what? <laughs> That's what you should do. Just keep saying Memphis over and over. Memphis. <laughs> This is the one um, represented by the Hollywood sign. So this this one's called Joshua Tree. Oh, that's where this one was recorded. So, so that's that. Good song. I get you this part. Third. I did want to get to this part. Oh yeah, this is the Joe Walsh. He did like one take, I think. You know, copyright law, blah, blah, blah. We want to make money on the, on this someday. <laughs> so I got to stop it. Or at least play it in the background while we talk. You know what's stupid about copyright law? What? Right. So every single one of our YouTube videos is flagged for copyright, which, oh, basically, which basically means we can't make money off the YouTube videos, which I'm, by the way, fine with. Yeah. I don't care. First of all, nobody's watching the YouTube videos anyway. <laughs> we, ne- we hardly oh, ever oh. have them. But what's stupid... The idea that someone would listen to this podcast to be like, oh, I want to listen to the new Foo Fighters album, but I don't want to pay for it. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Those people are in for a fucking rude awakening (laughs) if they think they're listening to this, Uh to listen to the Foo Fighters album. Anyway, this part of the song, first of all, I'm really into, and second of all, going back to what you said about it sounding like a classic album, this sounds like... Foo Fighters do Fleetwood Mac. Oh, okay. You know, like I there's a it. long build. It's a lot of mm-hmm. a phrase I use a lot, ambient sounds and stuff. Like I'm very like, into it. Like the chain or yeah. something. Yep. Yep. Maybe, and maybe that comparison is a, almost a little too on the nose. Sometimes when the comparison is too perfect, it's like, yeah, but it's not really Fleetwood Mac. It's that specific song. Like yeah. The chain, it's like the structure. <clears throat> yeah. I like it. I yeah. like it. So that was the last single, supposedly. The next song on the I album is In the Clear. This one was recorded at Preservation Hall in New Orleans. So the... The guest that you have on this one is the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. 
So you can yeah. hear a lot of horns and stuff on That's this. That's the like trombone shorty or whatever his name is. Yeah. That he plays like some festivals. Yeah. With the Foo Fighters and he's joined them on stage before. Oh, okay. This song has I have a similar feeling about this one that I had with Congregation, where it's like, okay, this isn't the most hardcore melodic riff of all time, but it still has some punch to it. Like yeah. the So, this is another song with a bunch of stops in it, especially at the chorus, but but they still work. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to get to the chorus here. That's what I'm talking about. Those kind of stops that mm. I like. This song is good, too. Yeah. It's not the greatest Foo Fighters song ever, but man, the band really, like the Preservation, or the, uh, the um, God, what is it? Preservation All Jazz Band, like, that works with this kind uh. of song. Bum, bum, bum. Ready for the next one? Yep. Subterranean. You like Subterranean? Yeah. I like how it's like a sad song, but like it's like mm. happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been making comparisons to new Foo Fighters sounding a lot like my favorite band, sounding like newer Alice in Chains. Oh. I've got another example right here at the end of this song. Dude, this bass riff sounds like the man who sold the world. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? If you couldn't hear that. Because I was bringing the volume back down. Sam said this baseline sounds like the man who sold the world. The, from the un, the famous unplugged in New York version. It does. You're right. You're right. It really you know, does. Yeah. yeah. This These harmonies are very new Alice in Chains. For some reason, I think... For this song, so Dave played the cymbals and Taylor played the drums. That's normal. <laughs> no, it's not. Anyway, go yeah. on. No, that's it. I don't know why. I need to watch the... I have it on DVD, but I don't. I haven't watched it yet. That's good. That's yeah. good tidbits right there. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I'll find out. Okay. I, I guess I should have found out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're never talking about this again, so <laughs> good work. Yeah. This has been Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie. This was recorded in Seattle. I have an interesting two degrees, three degrees of separation from Ben Gibbard, supposedly. Oh, someone's getting a phone call, but you can't answer it. We're in the middle of something. Try to so, answer it on the pod, like, chileo. <laughs> chileo. We're... Oh, I lost my train of thought. You could tell from that long pause, but yeah. I, I'm back. And I'm back. De degrees of separation from Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie. You know, and many of my friends know, 
that I've had a roommate at my house that I've owned basically since I've owned the house. Uh-huh. So like 11 years. I've always had a roommate. I'm married with a child and we still have a roommate. He's great. But at one, one, I think this might be the roommate right before Marty. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. I also, at, for a time, I had multiple roommates before I was married. But I'd find these people through Craigslist, which is a risky venture as it is. But we do know some good comes out of Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So this person was on Craigslist. A recent roommate had just moved out. And I didn't need the money, but I, you know, I'm pretty easygoing and I'm not uh-huh. like scared that something terrible is going to happen. But anyway, I find some this new person on Craigslist, you know, minutes after posting it. <laughs> And if I remember correctly, she, she had a job at Tim Hortons, which was right down the road from me. And she had this sob situation, which I am not, I try not to be a horrible person, but like when they tell me that they were recently kicked out of someone else's house, yeah, that is a red flag. Yeah. She had a sort of decent reason, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. So I went and met her at work. To kind of like feel her out, you know, mentally, not, you know, (laughs) so, and she seemed fine. She seemed nice enough, but again, she kind of gave me the impression that moving was urgent. So I'm like, you know, should have been a red flag, but I also didn't really care. Uh So I'm like, fine. When do you want to move in? She's like, I don't know what she said, but she moved in shortly after. <clears throat> she showed up the day she was moving in in a pink Eeyore sweatsuit, right? Now, she's not coming for a job interview. She can wear whatever she wants. Uh-huh. But she's dressed like my child, a giant version of my child. Uh-huh. <clears throat> not unimpressed, but okay. I can cut her some slack. Everything she has is in black garbage bags. Which, again, I'm like, well, maybe this is just sad. Maybe Mm -hmm. she's not crazy. Maybe this is just sad. Like, this is all she has. Okay. So she comes in. She she moves in, whatever. Immediately, like within minutes, she's smoking weed in in her bedroom or whatever. So now I'm off. I'm not on board. Yeah. This is not... This is not... This is seven years ago too like weed's not legal yeah (laughs) you know so not that i'm worried about it but it's like i didn't you should ask yeah like you've she literally toked up minutes after being in the house like just ask i don't care but just ask yeah um so she also had a friend over the next day stayed overnight it's a girl but then we find out later I don't know. You know, the timeline, it's been a while, but the timeline is a little blurry. But soon after I find out she's actually married, she has children, but she realizes she's actually a lesbian and she's having, so she and her husband are separated. Mm. Um, I realized that this can happen in 2020 or 2013 or whatever mm-hmm. year it was, but she was also like crazy. Like she, so this is where the death cab for cutie comes in. She sees that I play guitar and that I'm in a band, and you know she, she tells this 
she told me and my other roommate at the time multiple stories about hanging out with the singer from Death Cab. Never referred to him by name. Yeah. But when she used to live in St. Louis, she'd be like, oh, yeah, me and the singer from Death Cab would do this and that. Me and the singer from Death Cab would do this and that. And look, we just, would you call your, do you, when you talk to me, or I'm sorry, when you talk to your friends about me, do you say, oh, yeah, me and the guitar player from the Wet Bayonets have a podcast? <laughs> no. You use like a name, right? I'm saying like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> me and the, oh, Corinne, me and the drummer from the Wet Bandits are going to record a podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to be gone this morning. So anyway, she was full of shit, and that's my story. She was, was that, full of shit. Was that, she ended up, I can't remember if I kicked her out or if she moved at. I, I think what I did, this is how I kick roommates out and break out up with my girlfriends, is I make their life miserable. <laughs> I think. Classic. Just, yeah, I think we just ended up like being mean to her, and she ended up leaving. Oh my god! That was the worst roommate I had. It, you know, which really isn't that bad. Yeah. You know, if that's the worst roommate experience I had, that's not that bad. Yeah. Last song on Sonic Highways. Quick sidebar: Was that too much, or do people come to this podcast for stories about our? Lives? I love that story. Good, me too. I want more of those stories. <laughs> So, pretty clearly, you can tell this is going to be a slow build. I've said a few times on this podcast that Foo Fighters know how to close out an album. This isn't like New Way Home or um, uh, Come Back. Like, it's not that heavy a rocker, but it's a slow build and it has a nice finish to it. So, this song, the guests on this song have less famous names, I would say. Tony Visconti and Christine Young. Oh, no. They worked with David Bowie a lot. They're uh, common. They they aren't, like, in a group together, but their common thread seems to be David Bowie. Hmm. And this was the one recorded in New York. This is the chorus. I like this song. And I've said that about all these. I, I might I like not have said that about some song. Yeah, is this the end or do you want me to go further? Like when it's like the strings are kind of blending in. Oh yeah. There is a proper way to use strings in rock music, and this is an example. Mm-hmm. There's a wrong way. Yeah. Bush's razor blade suitcase is an <laughs> example. This this is the right way to do it. So that's it. Only eight songs, but we've managed to make this episode like an hour and a half. Fuck. It's not that long. It's like an hour and five right now. Oh, okay. But it will be like two. <laughs> no, it won't be that long. But we're we're finished talking about the songs. Pretty strong. 
for for me, I I like this one a lot. But before we get to rankings, but even though this is the second to last in the discography, actually the rankings won't be on this episode. We are gonna do a nice tidy cut and put yeah. it at the end of what's already been recorded for Concrete and Gold. Yeah. But before we do that, we gotta do cover cut hidden gem. Yeah. All right. So. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Dude, you go. All right. The song I would cover from this album is Feast in the Famine. Ooh. I like Again, I like the backup vocals. It rocks pretty hard. I don't think even necessarily it's the best song on here, but I do like it. That's the one we'd cover. I would cover Something from Nothing with Joe in the band now. Oh, yeah. That would be sweet. You know what with I'm saying? With the new keyboard sounds. Yeah. yeah. That's a good choice. What would you do? You want me to go with? You want me to go first for all these? Yeah, I'd cut subterranean, and not even because I don't like it. It's for me. It offers the yeah. It's fine. It's fine. For me, it offers the least. Hmm. <clears throat> it's sonically the least, and maybe part of that could be that it's the Seattle one, so hmm. it's the most like stripped down. But. I don't know. I'm just uh, least interested in it. It's hard for this album because it like, is. All of them are like equal in their own way. Yeah, you, and I and I guess maybe that's why Subterranean for me is the one I cut because even though they are like equal parts of an eight piece pie, mm-hmm. Subterranean has the least interesting arrangements and the least interesting like instrumental stuff going on. I think yeah. at least for me, mine's probably the last <laughs> one. I'm a River. Yeah. I like I Am a River as the album closer. Yeah. You know, if you take that one out, you're ending with Subterranean. Yeah. And I'm I not know. sure there's another song on here that I'd put at the end. Maybe God is my witness. Yeah. You could put that yeah. at the end, I guess. So anyway. Hidden Gem. There's only eight songs and five of them are apparently uh-huh. singles. So the only ones you can pick for Hidden Gem are In the Clear, Subterranean, and I Am a River. I'm picking In the Clear. I think In the Clear is great. Yeah, same. So that's the one I'd pick for Hidden Gem. I wonder if Sonic Highways is kind of like Tenacious D's post-apocalypto. Yeah, I think it probably is. You know, it's not really like an album. Yeah. But it's like, because it's eight songs. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh Uh-huh. And it's not... It's like more of a project. Right. And the singles aren't really radio singles. They're more like, you know, they released them in the context of an HBO show. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know enough about that background, and obviously we're over an hour in, and we don't have time to delve into that, because I was too busy talking about my roommates in The Witcher. Yeah. I liked it, though. Yeah, me too. Now, at the end of every discography, we rank the albums. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the time where we make a time warp. I was thinking about this. This is like going back to the future. No, that's kind of a confusing movie title. Like You don't go back. Yeah. John Mulaney has that bit in his stand-up. No, we call it Back to the Past. No, no, no. Back to the Future. Uh-huh. That's what we're doing, though. This, we're in the past. Yeah. And this is going to get pasted into an episode that's in the future, but we recorded that episode in the past. Dude. So. You know what I was thinking? Sorry. I know. Your brain brain just exploded. I was about to sneeze at the same time. So, yeah, it was. Well, <laughs> what were you thinking? We should do, like, time capsules. Like, for, like, future episodes. Yeah, we should talk about this off mic. Yeah. (laughs) Off mic. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah. 
I think it's important that before we whisk ourselves away into the future, you think about what you want to tell future Sam. Yeah. Because future Sam was actually recorded in the past. <laughs> so you can you can have advice to tell uh-huh. Sam in the future slash recorded in the past, and you won't make the same mistakes that past Sam made. We're maybe talking can, about dimensions here. <laughs> maybe you can save future Sam. Okay? Oh, I can save him. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. And we're back. We're back in real uh, podcast time, real, real life time. <laughs> podcast time is a thing now. Yeah. So here we are back P at the end time. of the Sonic Highways episode. Uh, one... Thank you for listening. Sorry, that was a long pause because I was trying to think if there's anything else we need to do to wrap this up. Get wet. Get Get wet, people. We'll see. Oh, wait. Hold on. We got to do some more copying and paste. Hold on. Time warp back. (laughs) That's the sound of coming (laughs) coming back through the time warp. Okay. We're done. Next week. Bye. What next week is concrete and gold? Dude, it's like lost. Dude, your nose is bleeding, bro. Oh. <laughs> oh. Get me a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, get wet. Next week, concrete and gold to wrap up the Foo Fighters discography. Got my cans on. Cans? Yeah, that's like the pro term for these. Oh. Did you read that email I sent to our guests? You oh, didn't need to. Oh, no. I was like in the middle of doing something and I had to quit reading. It wasn't important. I just put it you on it because it seemed more professional. Yeah. <laughs>
And we are nothing if not professional. Dude. Yeah? Do you think? <laughs> when the album... This... <laughs> our little Tenacious D bits should only be relegated to parts that aren't actually, you know, part of the episode. <laughs> I do it way too much on the real episodes. Dude. But it's a nice little, like, Easter egg for yeah. our fandits. Yeah, they love it. Let's hit it. Ooh. Are you ready to hit it? Do you think this is going to work the way it's supposed to? I mean, look, obviously not. But I just had an idea. It'll be funny. Yeah. If it works. Almost. It almost worked. You're not getting anything because I didn't plug the audio thing into the... Uh. So hopefully it works the way it's supposed to. This time. Ah, that'll be fun for everybody. Pray. One, two, three. 